0: So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the new permitted development rules, and we're going to be sharing some case studies. Uh, so this is the Sarah and George Choi Property Podcast, and I'm George Choi.
1: And I'm Sarah Choi.
0: And on with the show with our special guest today, Kingsley Hughes. He's the co-founder of Designscape Consultancy, and this episode is going to really help you to spot the great opportunities to add value to your properties. And future properties, because you want to have more than one, right? Definitely. (laughs) You want to have loads. So let's tell you a bit about Kingsley. Kingsley, um, he's been a a guest on my show um, previously. Uh, So Kingsley is an ex-urban designer um, for the Royal Borough of Greenwich. Uh, He has expert knowledge of the planning process because he used to work in planning departments. So Mm. brilliant. So he's definitely a man to speak to. And he's designed buildings, you know, internationally in many cities throughout the world. So welcome, Kingsley. It's great to have you here. Thank
2: you, George. It's a pleasure to be
0: here. We picked you up now. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So expecting great things. Yeah. So we're very excited. I know lots of people I speak to are very excited about planning permission at the moment and permitted Mm -hmm. development. Um, So let's let's just start with some real basics. What is the difference on a top level between permitted development and planning permission? In the UK, um, in the UK, yes, yes. yes yeah. in
2: the UK. Well, let's be perhaps even more specific, because obviously a lot of these are devolved powers these days. So a lot of what we're going to talk about is uh, particularly uh, England, right, you while know, than the whole of the UK. Yeah. Um, obviously, by definition, permitted development uh, are things that you're allowed to do. Uh, without needing planning permission. Mm -hmm. So you're already allowed to do them. Uh, At a very basic level, most people are are aware that you could build a conservatory at the back of your house without needing planning, Mm -hmm. or you can build a small extension at the back of your house without needing planning. But there's so much more to that, uh, and it's worth billions of pounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the implications of PD are phenomenal, really. Uh, So it is essential that people are up to speed uh, on what they can do and can't do.
0: So, so what, why would you want to do permitted development?
1: As opposed, opposed to
0: as planning commission.
2: Yeah, well, the main thing is certainty. Um, because you, you can do things It's pretty much locked in. I mean, there are things that you have to do which are called prior approval, mm-hmm. PD, mm-hmm. uh, prior approval permitted development, whereby you do have to fill in a form and you may also need to send plans to the council. You may even need to send some drawings to the council. Yeah. Uh, but the difference is, provided you're factually correct, and it is important to always be factually correct and in line with the parameters which refer to that particular PD. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, provided you're factually correct, you're going to get it. The yep. council's pretty much honour obliged, legally obliged, uh, to say yes, you can do this. Uh, so what it does, obviously, it removes all that uncertainty. Yeah. It removes any subjectivity from the yep. process, so you're not at the whim of a neighbour objecting or the planners not taken mm-hmm. to the scheme or the yeah. council members refusing it, a planning yeah. committee, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, it just provides so much more certainty for people.
1: Yeah. And what about speed as well? Because obviously there's going to be a speed disparity, isn't there?
2: Uh, there is, yeah. I mean, a lot of these things, they have to approve it in two months. Mm. Um, some of them, if they don't approve within uh, two months or even 56 days, uh, then you can be deemed to have approval. So, the council, as they're obliged to actually get back to you and say no if they think you are breaching the guidelines. Like I say, it's important, guys, to always be factually correct in (laughs) line with the guidance. Uh, Otherwise, the planners will quite likely pick you up on things if you're going too high, too far back, changing the use, which you're not allowed to. Uh, So, do do be factually correct. And then, like I say, they're obliged to to get back to you. Uh, There are, you know, obviously, lots of cases of councils who simply did not get back to say no in time. Yep. Um, yeah, that that person or that developer is deemed, you know, by definition, to have approval granted yeah. instantly.
0: So that's a really good thing, isn't it? If you don't, if they don't mm. get back to you with a certain number of days, you have permission. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously,
1: With with the planning, it can take any right. amount of time, really, exactly. can't it? And and obviously, you know, you have to get the permission to proceed rather than the yeah. other way around.
2: Yeah. 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 Planning planning can be a nightmare. I mean, they are supposed to uh, determine, either either way, approve or refuse, they're supposed to determine within eight weeks what we call a minor application, which any anything of nine houses or less. Um, And they're supposed to approve it or refuse it within 13 weeks uh, for a major, which is anything of 10 houses or flats or above. Uh, But of course, they don't always honour that. Uh, They'll often go over. I mean, to be fair, a lot of local authorities are pretty good uh, or they may find that they go two or three weeks over and you mm. can uh, grant them an extension of time mm-hmm. right. uh, and then then legally and in the eyes of the government, of the brownie points, if you like, uh, they will be seen, <laughs> if you've granted that short extension of time, they will be seen to have done it on time. Right. Um, oh, OK. But very often, it's not a question of two or three weeks, they can be two or three months behind. Yeah. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. of course, I mean, one... The uh, beauty of the English planning system is the appeals process, of course. Yeah. Uh, so obviously if a council refuses your application, you can go to appeal. Yeah. Uh, but also, very importantly, if the council doesn't even make a decision on time, you can go to appeal on that day. Oh, uh, okay. On, on what they call on called grounds of non-determination. So if right. they fail to make a decision in time, you can go straight to appeal. So nice. the problem comes, of course, if they're running, and the appeals process takes uh, two months a small one like a householder extension for example
3: yeah
2: or, it, or it typically can take six or seven months for a big developer application yeah. Yeah. Um, so the question comes of course if the council is running two or three months behind mm-hmm. at what point do you make a call on it and say right yeah. yeah, i'm going to go to appeal uh, yeah. because you might have given the benefit of the doubt to the council uh, and then the danger you've been strung along by the council for another two or three months yeah. Uh, so there's that crossing point. Where we say, "Hey, guys, forget this and go straight to appeal there," yeah. uh, because you do need to do that appeals process uh, within a certain limited time. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. that would that opportunity would lapse as well. Yeah. Uh, but so, but yeah, I mean, lots of uh, councils and the planners are working very hard and have done remarkably well, I think, mm-hmm. through yeah. the COVID process because uh, it's been a pretty tough year for them. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like I actually, I think they've done remarkably well, some of them. Uh, but it can. You know the sense of urgency if you like you know the question that time is money. Yeah. uh you know very often they, they don't grasp that or they don't even they're not even willing to, to grasp that aspect of development
0: and we've got a download so you can download a summary of the permitted development rules uh along with some case studies from kingsley hughes so if you look down below click on the show notes and download that now if
1: you're paying kind of one one percent one point five percent a month on your money, obviously, an mm. extra month can cost you a lot of money. Lot of money depending mm. on how big it yeah. is.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: I mean, but I mean, that—that's why I say, you know, using a professional such as yourself, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um could potentially pay for itself by just, even if it scrapes a month yeah. off of your timeline. On yeah. on a on a big scheme, if you're just doing a little extension in your in your garden, it's mm-hmm. a slightly different ball game. But if you're, you know, heavily leveraged on a pro- project, mm. using somebody who can push things through a bit quicker, obviously, is Probably yeah. a sensible idea. Um,
2: and somebody who's fully abreast of all those particular clauses, yeah, as people yeah. might not exactly. be aware of all the incredible opportunities that are out there under yeah. the UD clauses. Yeah. And of course, the significance of, as I was saying, be factory direct and, and in line with those detailed parameters that you need to observe. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, knowing what all those uh, you know, parameters are, uh, you know, to the nearest meter or, or whatever, <laughs> um, or even half meter in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's important. I say because we're fully abreast of all these things. Uh, and it is important. Uh, they do say a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing. Uh, so it is important not, not just to skim be the PD uh, yeah, and get a, yeah. sort of, you know, um, a false sense of security, if you like. It is important to also really seek professional advice in addition Definitely. to doing that.
0: Definitely. I mean, I've heard of people that have submitted full planning, you know, for full planning permission, mm. they've submitted their application and then be, been rejected from the council only to realise later that they could do the whole thing under permitted development. And then they go back yeah. to the council and say, why didn't you tell me? It's like, you didn't ask. That's right. Yeah, you yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That happened to one of our clients actually. Uh, just a, a domestic couple building a really big uh, house up on mm. the downs, just south of London. Um, and they, uh, they'd been to see the council for what they call pre-application discussions. Mm. Uh, and the council said, we'll never allow you to do anything uh, on this site. Uh, And they contacted me in some distress, as you can imagine, Mm. and said, you know, is there anything you can possibly do? And I said, yeah, you can do all of this uh, (laughs) and sketched out an amazing scheme for them and said, and you don't even need planning permission. Mm. Uh, And of course, that was that was uh, approved by virtue of prior approval process Mm. where the council had to agree with me. Uh, that they didn't even need planning permission and of course they would have been doing that begrudging quit a team.
0: Yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you also you know in terms of the knowledge as well you know and having an having expert on board um, you need to be careful with permitted development that your your scheme actually would qualify. So for example one of our previous homes um we had a you know a, a converted barn and we did a lot we were going to do a loft conversion on it yeah it was a um, bungalow so and you know normally you can do a loft conversion put in some some windows at the back and everything's fine um however we, we didn't realize it was in the title of our deeds there was a restricted government. So we couldn't actually do anything without full planning permission. Mm. But we only realized that when we'd already, you know, started going down the kind of PD route. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 But so we should
1: have read it better we, when should we bought have... it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you don't know, isn't it? What you
2: don't yeah. know, <laughs> or, or you get yourself a better solicitor next
0: time
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. R- yeah. Really things like restrictive cabinets and some easements mm-hmm. and the like are something that really should have been brought to your attention by your yeah. solicitor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah oh, exactly. Well. We know we know better
0: now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um so i think it'd be really you know great if you could share an example of of one case study with us um Mm. you know just talk us through what was the opportunity what could you do um yeah go ahead
2: uh, well, there's so many opportunities really these days. I mean, uh, if we just quickly go back to the, the example I gave earlier, mm-hmm. which like I say was on the, on the downs just south yeah. of London, just north of Seven Oaks, okay. um, a little place called Knockholt. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, like I say, that, that couple, like as they came to me in distress, they'd been told they couldn't do anything. Um, and you probably know under the old PD, well, the normal PD as is, it's like saying thing about conservatories and small rear extensions. Yeah. Um, basically, you can, you can extend backwards for three metres on a terrace or a semi-detached house and for four metres on a detached house.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, but under the prior approval PD, you can double that. So six metres on the terrace or semi or, because their house was detached. They could yeah. go back eight metres without even needing planning permission, provided the neighbours don't object. Yeah. Uh, and, and the neighbours didn't object, because it wasn't going to bother them at all, you know, they were you know, many metres away, the tall tree between, yeah. Yeah, it's a big executive sort of area. Yeah. Um, if Officially speaking, if the neighbours do object, then that doesn't mean that the scheme is dead, it just means it's then at the discretion of the planner. Right. Uh, and as we as we alluded to earlier, planners are inclined to be quite negative. You know? yeah. uh, but I say the neighbours didn't object in this case, we got this you know, lovely big private approval PD extension to which transformed this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sort of house that would have been a, a, a lovely stock focused executive house in the 1920s, say, right. yeah. uh, but which does not meet modern aspirations. Right. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. that people like these days, like a massive kitchen yeah. um, with bifold fold or sliding doors, mm-hmm. you know, lounge mm-hmm. area, all, yeah. all the stuff. Know, yeah. Everything on people's wish lists. A lot of our clients yeah. have the same sort of shopping list, if you like. Right. Um, and of course, all those things. And being knocked through with the older part of the house as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, it really dragged that house up into the 21st century uh, yeah. in a big, big way. Uh, but uh, I mean, the other extreme, of course, uh, which um, I'll, I'll do a handout. i prepared a handout for you, George, which can be made available to people if they wish by yourself.
1: Excellent.
2: Um, is uh, for developers, of course, you know um there's so many clauses which we're going to so I mean, the biggest one we've done is uh, the conversion of office blocks into apartments yeah so there's a yeah. big empty uh, underused office block the big anchor tenant left so it was very very low occupancy rate yeah uh, and we converted that to 63 apartments wow uh, yeah <laughs> <That's> massive. <laughs> <which> is, <laughs> uh, massive 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 trade wow. um so um I don't know how much detail we want to go into, but a lot of these things that we talk about these days in terms of these exciting things, mm. they all started with the 2015 edition of the GPDO. So that's the General Committed Development Order yeah. uh, 2015 Um, Is uh, it looks like a really dry document. I often joke that it's good for insomnia. People want to read that. Of course, the implications of it, the various clauses, are worth millions, if not seriously billions, of pounds. Yeah. Um, So it's a very important document. Then that 2015 document has been um, renewed and supplemented every year since then, uh, sometimes more than once a year, uh, with supplementary ones. Now the 2015 document is still. Absolutely essential. We still refer to it week in, week out on our server. We've got to drag a copy over. Yeah. All this stuff is freely available in the public domain. because It's all government stuff, gov.uk. Yeah. Um, so the 2015 document is really long, about 160 pages. Uh, now, all the updates since that time have been much, much shorter documents, about 20 pages. Yeah. So they refer back to how they change and add to the 2015 documents. Uh, but certainly in the last there's been so many changes in the last uh, four or five months mm-hmm. it's absolutely incredible um, so um, I think you want me to go into some of those yeah I mean briefly yeah. I think
1: I think the exciting thing about talking to you is because obviously they announce lots of new things have mm. they come in or are they coming in shortly um,
2: well, there's so many things that happened. <laughs> it's Absolutely incredible. There were changes in September 2020, changes in October 2020. Yeah. Uh, there's so much just happened in the last two or three weeks. Would wow. you believe? Uh, so keeping up to speed with all these things is, is almost a challenge. You have to be almost yeah. aware that they are coming up uh, and keep abreast the of them. Uh, but um, one of the big changes uh, towards the end of last year, uh, in that well, there was two updates that mm-hmm. I mentioned in 2020 um and some of those basically allow you to build extra stories of apartments on top of existing blocks of apartments yeah um up to you know one or two stories of apartments on top Mm -hmm. uh, under pd which obviously is phenomenal really is that um up to a maximum um of about well say equivalent of say 10 stories about 30 meters um so i mean that is a fantastic opportunity in itself yeah. Um, you've also got the changes, of course. I mean, we've done lots. The one I alluded to earlier, the big uh, 63 apartment scheme, yeah. uh, was under what they called the old class uh, O, so yeah. class OPD, allows conversion of office blocks into apartments. Mm-hmm. There's also the old class M, uh, which allows conversion of retail shops yeah. into mm-hmm. apartments. Yeah. Uh, there's the new class G, uh, which allows the conversion of underused and unused space above shops into mm-hmm. apartments so we can, all, we can all imagine you know a shop I mean, obviously retail has been very very badly hit even pre-covid yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest even even pre-amazon uh, sort of taking off big time and other you know internet providers yeah. um so there's lots of spaces but even if a shop downstairs was reasonably successful uh we can all imagine there's lots of these shops they've got spaces upstairs that are pretty much not used they're just used for a few you know uh, car boxes for storage yeah. etc yeah. Uh, and they, they can all go, uh, I say, to residential under Class G. Mm. Um, so that's a really exciting change. Uh, the other, um, well, that's the old guidance, rather. One of the, the latest changes uh, has arisen because of the change of use Class E. Yeah. Uh, now, I do apologise if we're getting a bit technical here, guys. <laughs> but I'll, try, I'll, I'll try and keep it common sense, yeah? yeah? Yeah. So it was possible to turn shops into flats mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Um, and it was possible to change office blocks into flats. Or yep. Yep. Uh, now what the government did last autumn uh, to help free up the high street um, was also group retail shops and offices into what they call a the new use class E. Yeah. So that's a new use. Uh, so the latest PD has just come out, of playing catch up if you like, to clarify what you can do with those. And they have confirmed that you can still convert shops uh, into flats mm-hmm. you can still convert office space into flats yeah uh, what i would say to the listeners is uh, a couple of big changes well, it's one change but it has two lots of implications on that mm. uh, previously you could only convert 150 square meters of a shop into flats yeah. that's the cap yeah uh, that has now been raised tenfold to 1500 square meters wow, wow. Space. that's nice uh, the, the downside is mm. that the conversion of office blocks into flats uh, previously was completely unlimited. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, clearly it could be like everything, all the skyscrapers, yeah. a million square meters. <laughs> uh com- completely unlimited. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the downside of that in a way is that that is now also capped at 1,500 square meters. Oh, right. Right. Um, so yeah. there's a big been a massive loosening, I'd say a tenfold mm. loosening uh, when it comes to retail being converted, yeah. uh, but more of a recognition Uh, to be slightly more cautious, if you like, on the office uh, to apartment operation. Uh, Um,
0: And what if the the shops are listed, the listed um, buildings?
2: Yeah, do be very, very careful. There are quite a few exclusions when it comes to PD. Mm. Um, Basically, PD, anything that requires, uh, especially physical fabric work, um, the exclusions really are try to avoid listed buildings if you can yeah Uh, in general Mm -hmm. um also do avoid the core high streets because one thing that the councils are allowed to do um even under the pd is if they can argue it's part of their core key shopping area for that boa right yeah
3: um
2: then they can say sorry guys you can't do it now that does come down to a matter of judgment i guess but it's pretty obvious if the council's lying or telling the truth yeah, because um, you, you could go take that to appeal if you wished, right. uh, but it's better really to maybe I, what I say to my clients is go for the side streets off yeah. the primary shopping street, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and also go for the extremities mm-hmm. of that shopping street yeah. Uh, yeah. rather than rather than what's obviously the heart of the shopping street of that borough. Yeah,
3: makes um,
2: sense. So, so again, that's a bit of an exclusion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, be very careful in conservation areas uh, yeah. when it comes to PD. Uh, because there are some some PDs which you can't do in conservation areas. Uh, And also, um, she mention Article 4 directions as well. That's when the council can impose Um. what we call call an Article 4. Now some people may already be uh, familiar with Article 4 in the sense of HMOs, uh, because councils often put Article 4 to prevent HMOs in their borough or particular parts of their borough. Uh, but Article 4s can be introduced to prevent a whole host of PDs. Right. Uh, yeah.
3: So they
2: can be they can be brought in to stop uh, some of these, even the big, you know, double extension, the eight meter extensions. Mm. Oh, right. uh, they can be brought in to stop office to, to resi conversion. They can be brought in to stop right. shops to to, to uh, resi conversion as well. Okay. Uh, now that's power is obviously vested in that local authority in the planners and members of that local authority yeah. uh the, the problem is the intent behind that article 4 legislation uh was to define that quite tightly defined small areas of a yeah. borough uh where some of the boroughs that they love to bring <laughs> borough wide article yes. Four. yes so yeah. if you've got if you've got a borough wide article Four against something obviously you'd be very very cautious yeah. and it's something that it does need to be investigated um, one advantage of course in ga- the sorry the local authorities need to bring in that article 4 direction and that means then discussing it get their mm. planners to draft it and then what we call adopting it to a planning committee
3: yeah.
2: um, so to be very collo- colloquial it can take you know them quite a while to get their backsides into gear it um, so it, it can take <laughs> you know, so, so, say say typically nine to twelve months for them mm-hmm. to, to go through that process yeah. to bring in that article four. Um, so a lot of these new PDs are so fresh, uh, you know, the ink is still wet almost. Um, and uh, so the boroughs haven't had a chance to bring in these Article 4s uh, to prevent the PD.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, but uh, but flipping the other way and getting negative again, if you like, uh, the new London plan. So anybody's working in London, the new London plan 2021 came out three weeks ago.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and the clause in there where the mayor, the London mayor, is saying that boroughs should bring in Article 4 directions to stop conversion. Um, So it it doesn't say, you know, they're allowed to or they can if they want to. It actually uses the word they should bring them in. Um, So obviously there's a bit of um, of tension there Mm. uh, between between the government the central government wanting to loosen things up uh, to create, the 4 million flats that the country probably does need. Uh, And at the same time, the London mayor and local mayors and local council members being far, far more negative about things.
0: Um, so, Kingsley, tell us, give us some great examples about, you know, if we see an empty, empty shop on a secondary high street. So you said don't go for primary. What kind of things we should be looking to do with them to make some money? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can
2: basically anywhere that's, um, I would like one that's in a residential area, effectively. Okay. So like I say down the side street. Uh, so it may be, you know, maybe quite buzzing at the end of that side street. But then it gradually becomes quieter and becomes more residential towards the end. Mm-hmm. So if you are that kind of interface between the high street and a normal residential area, then it's ideal. And mm-hmm. obviously it's quite nice for your occupants as well yeah. uh, in terms of probably attractive, better quality of tenants perhaps. Okay. Um, also uh, sensible sort of size and shape. I mean, most uh, retail really does lend itself to maybe just one or two apartments. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also good... Um, if You can, you are allowed to use um, physical fabric works, in other words, construction works, that are reasonably required to convert it from a retail into, uh, into an apartment or a house. Okay, so you don't um, have so, to keep so, the
1: big windows out the front then?
2: Exactly, so you're right. allowed to make those windows smaller, right. change okay. the style, change actual windows themselves. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. even allowed to punch in new windows down the side or down the back. Okay. Um, or even insert new doors at uh, the side or the back. Because um, mm-hmm. one of the key things, of course, with residential um, is that you do need well, I say you do need this is actually something else that came in just before Christmas <laughs> uh, was uh, a clause from the government that every flat and house should have windows. Now, what? that seemed so blindingly obvious, and that was the yeah. government's defense. And the reason that came to light is somebody did convert a warehouse in the mm. east end of London into flats with no windows at all yeah. almost, be- almost beggars belief doesn't it yeah uh, so the government's defense was well we never imagined that anybody even ever wanted to do that right. uh, which is a fair defense in my in my eyes yeah. that's been clarified that they do now need windows um, so obviously if you've got a really really deep plan for mm. building yeah. uh, which may very well work for, for retail
3: yeah.
2: uh, very often you find it doesn't work particularly well for residential yeah. um so it d- does depend uh, the way i describe it it doesn't just depend on the square meters of the building mm-hmm. it depends on the linear frontage of yeah. external walls uh, mm-hmm. which give you an opportunity to either make use of existing windows or create new windows yeah. um so do look out for that guys you know it's really, really quite important mm-hmm. uh, but you do find that most uh, even a small shop is usually say four or five meters wide yeah. Uh, which is yeah, really ideally suited uh, mm. very often uh, for residential. Yeah. Uh, sure. but do I say, do look out for the linear external walls to get these windows in. Yeah.
1: Or you could go kind of front and back potentially, couldn't you? So you've
2: yes. Got the, the rear absolutely. And the front. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we do that. Yeah. We've done that on a, a number of schemes whereby what you do it does limit you a little bit, of course, if yeah. it is a narrow plan. Uh, but basically you'd have what's call a habitable room at the front, maybe yeah. a living room at the front, mm-hmm. nice yeah. big bedroom at the back. Yeah. and you put all the stuff which can be in the darker heart of a building uh such as say you know bathrooms, on suites kitchens yeah. utility uh storage all that yeah. kind of thing as you quite rightly say so you can get the hearts of the building mm-hmm. uh, with the habitable rooms at the front and the back yeah, so yeah. that that can work very very well
0: okay cool and can you so you can you can are you saying now that you can convert the shop itself so the front the yes. front of the shop because previously what people were doing was they were building, I two flats above a shop and mm. then having, you know, 100, 100, 150 square foot or something like that um, out yeah. the back and keeping the shop at the front. So now you're saying yes. you, you can just do yeah, the whole building.
2: Yeah, th- there's no obligation to keep any shop frontage at all mm. um, right. under, under the regulations, the latest regulations. You can convert the entire thing. Um, other than, like I say, where the local authority could justifiably, legitimately argue it is in a primary shopping street and that right. the key. Shopping area, but, uh,
0: right? Cool. So, what, what would be your ideal? So, if, if you know, if, if we lent you some money and said, Kingsley, go out, mm-hmm. convert, Buy something. convert a shop into mm-hmm. residential, we want to make the most amount of money as money possible. What would you actually go and look for? You know, if you had to describe what the physical mock up of this building,
2: yeah, you'd want it, like I say, to be at least um, I would say five meters wide. Okay. Uh, so, so you can get into it it'd be really nice to get a double plot if you could do mm. because that would be so much more efficient so say something that's 10 metres wide yeah. uh, then you can have a central staircase going up and serving other apartments above mm. that's right. always a much more efficient plan
3: yeah.
2: uh, you, you would want um, you'd either want not too much footfall because obviously what people don't want is sort of, let's give the extreme case drunks walking past an evening tapping on your window <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, no, yeah. no, nobody really needs that in their life Right. Uh, so if there can be a little bit of what I call a defensible space, right. um, mm. you know, a little bit frontage like you know, some Victorian houses have, yeah. uh, which I guess, using the analogy or story that I've just given, which is at least the length of a human arm, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so your window can be set a metre back from the actual public pavement or so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. even yeah. if it's just like a low wall or railing or just a bit of shrub frontage, right? Mm. Right. just something to set it back, or you might want to even give up, you know, forsake that by setting back yourself on purpose. Mm. Um, and then um, I guess the main thing as well, really, is, is a quite a decent outlook at the back if you can. Um, yeah. so, uh, so you can create a bit of a, a garden. Uh, one thing we've done very successfully recently, we've done lots and lots of hybrid sort of schemes, yeah. um, if you like, in combination with planning,
3: okay. uh,
2: whereby you've got a frontage building, yeah. which you convert, mm-hmm. uh, and then a courtyard garden, yeah. and then another building at the back. Ooh, um, okay. We've even done that in you know, really intense uh, situations, like Death High Street, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the beauty of that, the building at the back is like a central quiet oasis in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and these are, you know, sites which literally, um, you know, up until today, may have been full of, you know, detritus like broken glass and dog poo mm-hmm. and all sorts of rubbish right. uh, chucked <laughs> in there. Uh, but they, they can literally, you know, with the right care and attention they can be transformed beyond a belief into beautiful courtyard gardens. Mm. Uh, You know, the usual sort of key shaping, if you like, bay trees in pots and lighting at nighttime. Uh, And the beauty, of course, that that courtyard garden uh, then creates two lots of external walls for frontage and windows and bifold doors and things. Um, And it's very, very efficient because it's being used not only by the frontage building, but also by the rear building. So it's a really efficient use of land as well. Mm. Cool. Nice, nice.
1: I just wanted to clarify a couple of things because we obviously, you know, we're looking to do property development and um, we are doing property property development. development. Um, Well, I'm talking more about residential now for people who aren't necessarily looking to do a massive scheme for 63 flats. They're just looking to extend their house, say, or looking to buy a house to extend. So you were talking earlier about an eight metre extension. So that's just on detached, isn't it? Um, Was that single storey or two storey?
2: um you can go back eight meters uh with the prior approval yeah um and then you can go back upstairs but by a lesser amount uh, only okay. three meters so in that case the knockout case we did extend that upper floor back by three meters as well right uh, which is quite nice but that then allows you to get some skylights you know, some roof lights into the uh it's lovely kitchen and be, you know below the bit that's going beyond the bedrooms.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge amount of house if you've got a wide house, mm. isn't it? Massive. So, so yeah. how,
0: what did they add to it? So, they added a kind of open plan kitchen, diner, and did they add another bedroom as well? Uh, they just made the
2: bedroom, actually, they yeah, did introduce another bedroom as well, a smaller, mm. sort of study uh, right. single yeah. bedroom in the heart okay. of the plan. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, importantly, it allowed the master bedroom and the second bedroom to be. Far, you know, vaster than they, they ever were. Right. Yeah. Uh, and introduced things like walking wardrobe, mm. suite, bathrooms, right. and things. Right. Uh, yeah. But I mean, the place was transformed, especially downstairs, as you can imagine, mm, in yeah. what was the kitchen. Uh, which probably would have been considered a decent kitchen once upon a time—about five meters by four meters—is yeah. um, is tiny by modern standards, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that basically became the downstairs toilet and utility <laughs> room. Uh, so uh, that, that's that's the measure of the mm. difference we made to that property. Yeah. But, and then, of course, then of course, the new bit, which was probably about eight meters by fourteen meters, yeah. uh, was the massive open-plan living, straight kitchen, straight dining with the yeah. bi doors, eh? Right? Uh, do, do massively raises people's quality of life, really, yeah. and obviously generates you know, huge capital wealth at the same yeah. time.
1: Yeah, mm. um, and that. So you, you've got a limit, haven't you, with how far? Because um, it's it like seven meters. You have to be from a boundary to do that. So you can't do that if you've got a tiny garden. You've got to have a uh, reasonable uh, size uh, garden.
2: Yes, so seven meters. Yeah. yeah, seven meters from the far boundary. Yeah. Goodness, so one, you're well up to speed. Oh, oh, oh,
1: well, this is the kind of thing that we're looking to do. So I'm looking, but the three metre on the second story is news to me. So Mm. that's quite exciting. Mm. Um, And the other thing that we may well do, or other people might be interested, so I know that they've introduced kind of second stories on residential. Is that correct? So say you're you're buying a bungalow, just a boring 1960s, 70s bungalow. What can you do with that under PD now?
2: Uh, You can add an extra story to it under PD. Mm. It's called PD, which is amazing, isn't it? So there's uh, three or four clauses actually relating to that. Like I say, you can add up to two storeys of of apartments onto an existing apartment building. You can also add an extra storey to a house to extend the house upwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can even add a brand new flat on top of an existing house. Mm. which is incredible yeah. so all these things I mean the government's got so many PD clauses they've actually gone around the alphabet now yeah. so you've been, you can know, <laughs> you know, go through P, Q, Z and whatever. <laughs> uh, And uh, so these ones are what they're called clause AA and AB then there's also one called ZA would you believe oh, uh, yeah in fact I'm very quick to talk about ZA because that's quite exciting as well yeah. uh, now ZA if the building doesn't lend itself I'm an extra story plant on top and ZA allows you to demolish that building, then build the whole thing back up yeah. as a new build to the height that it would have been under AA and AB had you wow. added those extra stories. Nice, um, nice. So it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but like I say, do be advised, guys, that these are prior yeah. approval PDs, so you still do need to fill in a form yeah. uh, and send a drawing. But provided you're factually correct and in line with all these, this guidance, and it's not uh, in a conservation area, not a listed building, there's also another catch-all, which is it must have been built since 1948, Right. Uh, so you can't always do this to, to some of the bungalows, which may have been you know, pre-war, inter yeah. war, right. uh, you, you can't necessarily do it to those, uh, so do a bit careful, and obviously things like you know, beautiful Victorian you warden know, buildings, you can't do them, even right. if they're not in a listed uh, situation or not oh, in a right, special okay. area. Okay. So I so say so you need to get all your ducks mm. in order and get, make sure you're on you know, top of all these facts, not yeah. just the dimensions, but also the dates as well.
1: So can the neighbours complain about that?
2: Uh, no, no.
1: Wow. Even yeah. if, you know, I mean, there's no kind of overlooking or light or anything with that?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, that's one of the, the catchers. One thing they right. can do is insist on consultancy studies. Right. Uh, so you do, there is an air that you do to demonstrate acceptability. Uh, with common norms right. uh and the other the other trick of course is for neighbor's windows mm. is you can draw you know notional transcribe a 45 degree line mm-hmm. from the center part of the neighbor's window right let's uh, make sure you're not breaching you're not going beyond that 45 degree line yeah. uh, so that's that's the rule of thumb and then if you are going beyond that line you can get uh I mean, we work with uh, specialist daylight and, and uh, sunlight consultants yeah. who yeah. Uh, crunch the numbers for us and demonstrate acceptability but, i mean
1: that's amazing that mm-hmm. really is i mean obviously you you've got to get the
0: plot cheap enough yeah you've got right, to get right.
1: the plot cheap enough and it mm-hmm. has to be in an area that can obviously the GDB the, the actual value of it having been built mm-hmm. is worth doing
2: Definitely, but yeah. i mean
1: adding a hundred percent of your footage is yeah. just yes a no-brainer it's a, I would have
2: which yeah. is amazing, you're amazing. but you're quite right so because so, that's what happens is things uh raised to a value what you can do with them yeah so say an empty office block would be say worth a million pounds but once people are aware of the PD to resi mm. then it might go up to three million pounds in intrinsic value already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. the beauty of these of course is, is stealing a march on everybody else because lots of vendors, even lots of estate agents, even mm. lots of planners Don't are not know. up to speed on these no. latest developments. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if people can steal a march over the next few months or the next year. Uh, really time is of the essence in actually capitalising on these opportunities.
0: Definitely. cool. Um, What about, um, I imagine that there are restrictions if, let's say, if you've got a bungalow and they've previously done some kind of kitchen extension or something like that, how does that impact this going up a level?
2: Well, what you do, you have to measure, these PDs are measured back from the building as it was built originally or right. as it existed in 1947, which is when planning in England started, as we know it, right. in 1947. Right. So what you do, we've done this in the past as well, to so say a building may, if I say, a three metre extension, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you have to measure back from the original building. Right. So say you're going for the eight metre one, mm-hmm. then by definition, you can obviously go five metres beyond the existing three yeah. yeah. meter
0: long. Right. Um, that's all, so that, that's else. how it's
2: calculated. Okay, yeah.
0: right. cool. And so so if you're building the second story, then you're only building up to the old building, is that correct? Exactly, And yeah. then yes. you have a flat Yeah, roof
2: mm-hmm. yeah. So, one of the principles, um, and don't take this wrongly, but one principle that I say is you can't do a PD on a PD yeah (laughs) so you can't you can't keep building uh, but having said that the cake that is available is rather nice anyway so you don't need to have your cake and
0: eat it yeah Um, Uh, uh, i guess the other thing pd on pd would be if someone had already converted an office to residential Mm -hmm. am i right in thinking you could not then put two floors above it Okay, uh,
2: okay. You? Well you can under a different clause. Right. You can, you can, ah. you can build two stories of apartments on top of a commercial or mixed use building as well. Right. Under, okay. and, under a separate clause. So you can do the okay. same thing but in a different different, yeah. a different like way. It.
1: Amazing things.
0: Yes, mm. yes. All very exciting. So it's, it's, you don't know what you don't know, isn't it? Um, but I'm just wondering, you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, in your in, with your you know great wealth of experience of um, designing and seeing other people's mistakes. Um what, can you give us some, some examples of the most kind of shocking, worst mistakes you've ever seen and just thought, why, why did they do that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's not so much mistakes, but I get a bit depressed when I see poor quality design, you know, mm. what some of the even what some of the volume house builders do. You think, why have these guys done that? Plus, there's a big appetite out in england we've, we've moved on so much since the 1980s yeah. uh when it was all about cottage years and law of ashley wallpaper and things you know <laughs> uh, people all of our clients they want space light and air yeah. uh so i encourage people to think in those terms so design is not just a sticky on stuff afterwards mm-hmm. it's yeah. I'm looking for space light and air and how a building flows uh, so when I see like you know pretend sticky on sort of Palladian porticos and things, uh, you think why, why do those guys do that? I'm sure they could have invested that money in a better way, uh, yeah. which adds value. Uh, the other thing is is do think uh, in terms of adding value when you yeah. do buildings, whether it's conversion or a new build. So don't just think of the bottom line. Um, in other words, don't take out the good stuff. So say an extra feature uh, might cost a thousand pounds extra. If that adds an extra three thousand pounds to value then it's yeah. worth doing. Yeah. Um, so it's that common sense approach to return uh, on build costs, really, you know, return on capital employee. Mm.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it just, it just makes the place look a lot better, doesn't it? In yeah, from a design, yeah. design perspective. Yeah.
2: But certainly in terms of doing your own place, like I say, you can completely raise the quality of life and make massive paper profits as well. Yeah. So uh, so say, I mean, build costs can typically be about £2,000 a square metre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're in a good area, so you need to be a bit careful sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but if you're in a good area uh, where values are, say, 4500 to about 6000 a square metre, like you know, a lot of the uh, you know, best place in the southeast, yeah. certainly you know, suburban London um, is in that sort of bracket then mm-hmm. uh, obviously, provided you don't do something stupid and overspecify something, uh, <laughs> then you will you will get a return on your build costs mm-hmm. in addition to raising sorry, a, a return on GDP yeah. um, and a vapor return on the build costs that you've used to achieve that, as well as raising your quality of life. Mm.
0: It's so, all good stuff. It is so mm-hmm. in terms in terms of um, you know adi- adding value. You know you, when you've got a choice, let's just to talk about houses, big houses. Let's say mm-hmm. um, you've got a choice between you know doing a loft conversion putting another story on top of a house or doing a double height extension um in terms of you know the value it adds and the cost the cost that it is to do the development what would you say if you had to prioritize what you would do so you'd say first choice i do this because it adds the most value per per cost or whatever How, yeah. how do you define that?
2: I'm, I'm actually going to duck that question and refuse to answer it. Jim. Oh, no!
3: <laughs> because, uh,
0: <laughs> because what I would say it really
2: is a case-by-case basis. Oh, okay. uh, we, we've had clients where you're on the cusp of it being cheaper to do knockdown lockdown and rebuild.
3: Right.
2: Because um, that can be cheaper, very often, rather than working with a really difficult house. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and also the that advantage of yes. the new building, yes. zero VAT rated as well, you see. Yeah. Uh, but it really does depend. Uh, I mean, we've got clients, for example, at the moment. Um, to be fair to them, uh, they've got a house. It's quite a nice house, but it's had extension after extension after yeah. extension. So oh. it's got all these accumulations, like barnacles clinging onto this little yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, and they've got the wisdom and foresight to come to us and say look, the last thing this house needs is another little extension tacked onto it, you know. Yeah. Uh, somebody used to take say the bull by the horns. Exactly, <laughs> Take the bull by the horns. You know, wholesale remodeling, mm-hmm. uh, rip away some of these little extensions and just do a really good quality scheme on it. Yeah. Uh, so it is, I'm afraid, is, uh, it's honestly a question. It, it is a case by case basis. Yeah. Uh, but what I would say, in a good area, uh, then really all of the above, as much yeah. square meterage as possible. You know, mm-hmm. do the loft conversion, and you know garage conversion for the garage there yep. and extend backwards uh but in terms of doing the loft conversion or ripping that off entirely and put an extra story up there yeah. Yeah. uh you need to do a structural survey on the on the ground for existing walls and various other things like that yeah sounds
1: sounds like, if it can sounds, take the weight
0: sounds like i could turn a two-bed house into a six-bed mansion or something yeah just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like it I'm like to it be cool. um so, um, Kingsley, you know, thanks, thanks for coming on. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Um, they can go on our website uh, and contact us via that. That's uh, www.designscapeconsultancy.co.uk. Okay,
0: cool. so definitely go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, thanks, thanks, Kingsley, for coming on the show, um, and thanks to everyone else for listening to this episode. And make sure you tune in next week. Hopefully, that was fun. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: If you click down below, um, you'll see there's a um, download from Kingsley with all the uh, new exciting PD rules, and Mm -hmm. there's some case studies in there as well. (laughs) Um, Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Send this to everybody um, because there's some amazing opportunities, and we don't want you guys to miss out. So we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.